Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning, everybody watching or listening online. Uh, happy to share our messages with you. Happy to have you. And uh, we do consider you extended family. So if you prefer just the audio and don't want to stare at my face, which I don't blame you, go to Norwood FMC, and there's just the audio. And I printed this message too small. <laughs> oh, I normally go up a couple fonts as I get a little older. Um, so you're going to have to deal with this in my face. <laughs> More like I'm going to have to deal with this in my face today. Ugh. Okay. Well, I don't know if you know me, but the Packers play at one, so let's do this thing, okay? <laughs> Priorities. No, I'm kidding. But I do have a fairly short message. Normally I come up here with about four pages. Today I've got uh, two. Um, but I want to touch something today. Um, last week we talked about what? Gratitude, was it? The three different enemies of gratitude? I'm not even sure. Um, I do know this. I've been doing a lot of undoing. Sometimes it seems like here in the North Country, we are who we are. If, if you're ever interested, look up the, um, the history of how Christianity came into the North Country, Northern New York. And you'll see that we have a lot of stuff we got to fight through. You can send me emails. You can be mad about that all you want to. We have a lot of stuff, these ideas about God and ourselves and church that they're just everywhere around us. And they permeate into you know, who we think we are, who God is, and who other people are. But sometimes I want to tell you this. Um, some of those voices, they're, they're just not true. And so a lot of times, I, I kind of joke around and say I do a lot less teaching and building up more than I do tearing down the falsities and the lies and setting. Well, Jesus, uh, Bruce, Bruce quotes where Jesus quotes Isaiah a ton, and he says this. Jesus says, I came to set the captives free. And also, elsewhere, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. You know, he talks about how he's the truth. And he talks about how remaining in him, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set, set you free. Correct? Do we all? Well, like I said last week, I did say this last week. Then that means that a lie can hold you captive. And so today, I want to just kind of touch on some things, make things as clearly as I can, um, but some high and lofty sort of scripture. So let's jump right in here. Let's put church aside. Let's put theology and things like that, the churchy stuff. Let's talk about you and God today. Number one, I got to do this. I want to ask you something. Do we all in this room know that we've, in listening online, that we've all made mistakes, missed the mark, and not met the standard set up for us? Do we all understand it? But let me break this down because I got to do this first part. This is going to smell churchy, but I promise you it's not because I'm going to break some more stuff off you, Okay. Okay, so most of us understand this. For me, I don't live up to the standard I set for me most days. I wake up and go, this is the type of dad I want to be to my six and four-year-old. This is the type of husband I want to be. This is the type of dog owner I want to be. That one's testing me lately because he's a year-old puppy. I almost murdered him the other day. I'm not going to lie. He chased the, uh, the uh, UPS driver for the third day in a row. And, and of course, you're sitting there and making breakfast for the kids, and you just hear, rawr, 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 all heck breaks loose, right? And it's the new UPS driver, so he's terrified, even though it's a golden retriever. But anyway, I'm not going to judge the guy. And the other dog goes running out there, and I'm like, I did not live up to the standard that I set for being a dog owner that day. Someone may or may not have gotten choked a little bit. I'm just telling you. So that's what I'm saying about the standard of that. So here's the thing. It's not just, okay. It's not just like no big deal, because that's the thing. There's such balance in the message I'm going to give you today. Any behavior outside of what the creator, the boss of all things, all father, any, any just hear me out on this. I want to do this a new way. Any behavior outside of what all father would do, any behavior outside of what God would do, 
that's called missing the mark. That's called breaking the standard. That's called sin. And here's the thing, too. Some of you don't know this, but sin is not a Bible term. Sin was an archery term that appeared in literature years before the Bible. And by that, I mean probably hundreds of years before the Bible. And what it meant was for someone to aim at a target, whether it be with a slingshot or archery, and hit anywhere on that target but the bullseye. So the thing is, when we sin, which we all said we do, when we sin, it's this. Creator God set a standard. His standard for his creation said you be extensions of me. Do you understand that? Uh, let, me, let me hit you hard today because some of you are eager and I can feel it. God never meant, if you look in Genesis, did God set up this world to rule it? Tricky question, AJ. No, he set up the world to rule it through us. Guys, come on. He gave us the planet and said, you guys, master it all. Which, number one, environmentalism should be big on Christians' minds. We should be great recyclers. We should be people who are taking care of Jesus' house while he ain't here. You understand what I'm saying? We're just renting it for now. He going to come back. <laughs> That's good. No, seriously. We all should be a little more environmentally conscious. If, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, anyway. Where was I going with that? Okay. So, Greg, he set it up to rule the world through us originally. So, his standard for Adam and Eve was this. Do, do, do like you see your dad doing, man. Do like you see your dad doing. Live life intimately with me. That's my standard. And so, see what I'm doing? I'm breaking off all this dark mindset of what sin is, and, right? And also, let me keep going. Anything outside of what God to do. So here's the thing. If I do anything outside of what God would do, here, then now I'm over here. Do you understand that? I'm away and I'm removed. I don't want to sit there and do this. I don't want to sit there and keep the scale of bad, not so bad, oh, super bad, because that leads us to thinking that Hitler and Mother Teresa aren't on equal footing, and they are. Hard to hear. It's reality, and it's not negotiable. As human beings, we've removed ourselves from what God would do, and now we're over here. We're separated from God. Does that make sense? So why don't we... I'm about to give the whole message just then. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Outside of what God would do. But we like to create the scale. We like to say this, 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 not so bad, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is this. We know this. Every single person has fallen short of our purpose, of what we were intended to be, what we're created to be. Okay? So I want to ask you that. I want to ask you this. Because of that, you're branded. Right? We're now this thing, this ungodly thing, something we were not created to be. And here's the thing about this. This is the reason I'm talking about it. It's nothing personal. Some of you are carrying this idea that I'm such a... You're, stop. It's not personal, and it's not negotiable. We've all become this thing that we were not intended to be. But then Jesus comes at great cost, pain, and heartache, and he comes and says this. You know how you're moved from over here, and you're bent and twisted into this thing you were never created to be? I can move you back here and make you what you were created to be because I did that. I didn't get bent and twisted into something else. And so through me, you can be transformed and move back into this place. It's nothing personal and it's not negotiable. So actually what I just did was give you essentially the gospel of Jesus Christ. And do you notice how you feel less crappy about yourself at the end of this than you did at the beginning? You want to know why? Here's the secret of it all. Because it's not about you. That's why. And isn't it life so much better when we're lived looking at Jesus and not our own failures? So that's what we're going to do today. <laughs> you ready? Let's do this. Let me show you a couple slides that otherwise you might be like, ugh. 
Book of Romans. You ever want some light reading, Bruce? Just dive into that. <laughs> so now, a good standing, right, righteousness is this, right standing, correct? So I'm going to do AJ's translation to this. But now, a good standing with God comes from God. And actually, it's apart from what you do and don't do. And now we're, it's known about us. And all the stuff in the past, that's what they were all pointing toward. So this good standing with God from him, this is the way you get it, through faith in Jesus Christ. And actually, it's available to all who believe. Now, there's no difference, okay? Listen, I don't care, black, brown, red, it doesn't matter, Jew, Gentile, because here's the thing, all people have missed the mark, and they're not what they're supposed to be. They don't live up to the glory of God, but they're justified, they're set right freely by grace through what Jesus did and redeemed you guys. How'd I do? Pretty good? You understand that? Yeah. Awesome. If that's all we're doing today, what a privilege and honor. Do you understand that? I'm driving here and I'm thinking to myself, because it's, it's hard. You know, I want to do a good job for God. I do. I want to be prepared. I don't want to schlep up here. And but in the same sense, what the heck can I say? Jesus lived and died. And, and, and a lot of us, a lot of us are going to spend eternity one with each other, but more than that, one with him. And if that's what you talk about on a Sunday, good job. Because it's all there is, man. But... We add more to it. Next slide, please. I think, yes. This transformation thing is this. Jesus had no sin, but he became sin for us so that in him, we get moved back over here and we become the righteousness of God. We become one with God. There's an ichad, it's called in Hebrew. Ichad, oneness with God. Next slide. God made it our destiny, each person hearing my voice right now, to be adopted as his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. In accordance with what makes him happy. Time out. It makes God really happy to reach out to you and give you this free gift of grace. Do you understand that? Okay, here's the thing. Parents and grandparents. You ever get that one gift from your kid and you hide it for your kid and you hide it in the back in Christmas because you know they're going to dig it? Do you, do you do that or not? Or are you just bad people? <laughs> I, what, did I, what did I hide, babe, last year? Oh, the Packers outfit. So dude loves to play football. He can throw a mean spiral even though he's five. So your kids are not as cool as mine. But I hid it in the back. Didn't they do that in um, A Christmas Story too? Yeah, he hid the little red rider BB gun. If you don't know that story, you're also a heathen. <laughs> hid it in the back. You want to know why? Because it gave me such pleasure to see him. <gasps> and he's like, Daddy. And it was a Packers helmet with, with the jersey. We then put uh, his name on the back. And... He, oh, man, the gift. But you know how much joy it gave me as the father or the grandparent to give that gift? This adoption through Christ Jesus, despite your imperfection, God is not reluctantly saying, all right, well, you dragged yourself here. I saw what you did, but I mean, rules are rules. Here you go. No, do you understand? All heaven rejoices out of that. So you're crawling yourself there with your tear-strained makeup running down your face because you're full of shame. And God's going, get up. It's time to dance, man. You did it. You got here. I am pleased to do this with his pleasure and will to the praise of God's grace. It's not about you. So let's do this. God gets the glory for this, guys. And he gave it to us freely in Christ Jesus, who he really, really loves. And in him we have, we don't work for, we have, we can't lose, redemption through blood. I mean, blood, dude. We have the forgiveness of sins. 
And it's, it's, it works. It goes one-to-one with the abundant riches, the glorious riches of God's amazing grace. You have it. It's yours. Okay? Part one, we all need it. You were here, and you all agreed. Part two, it's all taken care of. It's done. Now, I have a question for you. Let's jump into our message. Based on the things we just saw, are you forgiven? Yes. Hey, it's on you. Don't tell me. And at home, too, you answer that question. Some of us are. Some of us say yes. Others, we're seeking. Hey, I get it. The first time I heard about this, I didn't jump to it. You know what I'm saying? The first, uh, listen, I get it. And some of us, you're not going to be the people I'm talking to today necessarily. It's true. That's okay. I'm throwing stones here. Forgiveness is waiting for you anytime you want to receive Christ Jesus through faith. Just understand that. So some of you say, yes, I'm forgiven. Okay, next question. How much are you forgiven? How much of your wrongdoings... How much forgiven are you? There's where we have our first problem and things I need to address. Because some of us are living as though there's this scale or percentage. I'm forgiven for these things, but I'm still living with this. Do you see where I'm going with this? The reason I hit this, and we all loved it, now our enthusiasm is nosediving, by the way, is because... If we're fully forgiven, then why are we walking around, some of us, acting like we're not? And empowered and stripped of the glory that God gave us and the power. Maybe you're only forgiven. Here comes churchy talk. Maybe you're only forgiven for sins you feel bad about. That's some of our stories. Maybe you're only forgiven for the ones you remembered to mention to God. That's another one. Some of you grew up in churches where it's like, you know, if you didn't confess that specific one... It's still on you. And some of us don't have the best memories, so it's like, oh man, did I? But what's funny is, let's go back two slides. Because we're going to see a part, the first slide there, the Romans one. I want to show you this because apart from the law. Look at this. But now a good, right standing with God comes from God, apart from your behavior. And so that means if you slipped up and said a cuss word and you forgot to or if you had that thought or you lost your temper and I forgot to, this idea that that's not covered by the blood of Christ Jesus, who told you that? Now, in the interest of balance, it does say we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. Absolutely. That is a practice as Christians that we are continuously supposed to have a dialogue with God acknowledging our sin. But I want to ask you this, why? Because some of you think it's so that you can feel bad about them. Why do you think God wants us to have a, a dialogue back and forth about what we're struggling with? Probably the same reason I want to have it with my kids. So that I can guide them and lead them and bring them to their best lives. Do you understand? Not so that I can beat them up for narking on themselves. Do you get it? Seriously. I got two little kids, man. And I might... Listen. God calls himself father, not just creator or king. So you're allowed to look at him as though he's Abba Father because Jesus said so more than any other term. And so I am Abba Father to a six-year-old and a four-year-old. And when I look and I see the way that I love my children and the way they interact, I'm allowed to learn about God through that. Do you understand? And sometimes that's our greatest stomping ground. So when my children screw up or do something I explicitly told them not to do, I don't ask them to come tell me so I can smack them. I ask them to come tell me so we can work through it. And I can take the heart that I have 
and guide them and lead them in a loving way. Do you understand? So how forgiven are you? Do you have to feel bad? Some people think the word repent means feel crappy. Where are you getting that? Where are you getting that? The word repent means acknowledge it. Change the way you think about it. That's what that means. And turn. But where do you think it means get on your knees and ow, owie? That's you guys, dude. Anybody ever watch Malcolm in the Middle? Brian Cranston's first one? No? Well, y'all are missing out. Melanie and I used to watch it. It's about three little boys. Malcolm's in the middle. Get it? Well, the little boy, the one little boy's name is Dewey. Big old ears on this kid. God bless him. <laughs> what is it? Bless your heart, you'd say, as a southern person? Bless your heart. Well, well, you got three kids. She'll get, well, three boys. Two boys. Whatever. <laughs> Children. Walks into a place. There's all these ornate things. A parent's nightmare, right, for little kids? Don't touch the little knickknacks, guys. They're all porcelain, okay? And the kids are like, Ugh. Well, the one little kid goes over, and he breaks one of them. Do we? And so sure enough, it comes out. The woman's like, where is the knickknack? She's German. <laughs> Side note, she's German. Where is my little knickknack? And more Swedish in that one. But um, so it comes to find out the little kid broke it. Now, can you relate to this? And she goes, all right, come with me. They go, and they clean the bathroom. And they scrub and scrub and scrub. And she's like, are you starting to feel better? I am. And they scrub and scrub and he's sweating. And they're, you know, it's an industrial sized bathroom. And then he even has a little blood spot in his knee from where he was kneeling down. She's like, oh yes, now you start to feel better. And he's like, I do. Because he worked for it. He worked it off. He made it right. Right? That's what a lot of us are still doing with the things that we carry. I'll feel better if I work hard enough to punish myself, starve myself of my own love. I'll feel better about this. Do you see where that's broken? In the light of the things I showed you earlier. And yet we all do this. And even if you don't do this, and you're living as though Christ paid for all your sins, and, and, and you know, you're set free, then there's the divorce. Then there's that thing you shouldn't have said to your boss and you've, you're carrying this new thing. Does that make sense? I've been that same way. Okay, yeah, good. I'm letting myself out of prison. I, you know, boom, boom, boom. I, I know Christ forgave me my sins. I'm going to choose to do it. Then something comes up and I carry that with me. This is a process, guys. If, I believe Jesus comes to also change our processes and give us a better way to do life. So let's move forward. So, I want, to question, I want to ask you this. What are you carrying that you haven't forgiven you for? Now, they can get heavy in here because some of you are going to carry big things. But, so I believe all of us, if we're not careful, we start carrying things that we haven't forgiven ourselves for. We can even say Christ has, but then why do I keep bringing it up? Why do I keep seeing it at 1030 at night when I should be sleeping or whatever it is? What is it I haven't forgiven myself for? And you may agree with this and know that you're forgiven by God, but I'll tell you something. There's a lot of people who are still holding things against themselves, still having shame over it, and better yet, not accepting certain parts of themselves. Let me break this, break this down, and then that's all I've got for today. Sometimes I wonder if I'm too coachy up here. I wonder about that too therapy-y. But common sense that if, says that this. If we're forgiven and set free, 
and also accepted by God through Christ Jesus, then if we stop that flow of goodness and grace in our lives toward ourselves, I don't believe we're ever going to end up where we could be in our lives. Never living up to our best lives, never being the most effective version of ourselves either, guys. So I am going to babysit this, even though it sounds kind of therapy-ish. One thing I want to point out is this. We're all realizing that, um, we can all say me too to this, is that a lot of voices in our lives have told us that it's noble, it's right, and it's good to punish ourselves, not show ourselves grace and forgiveness that he first showed us. But I don't believe that lines up with God's actions toward us or his heart toward us. In other words, a lot of us have been taught to hold your failures, don't celebrate your victories, and it's noble. It's the same sort of thing where worrying about your loved one is good and noble when it completely contradicts God's will for us. It's not showing someone you love them if you worry about them. You get what I'm saying? It's not, it's not good or noble or, or good behavior to hold yourself down. Let's look at this slide here. He whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Have you ever read that? Anyone whom the Lord Jesus sets free is free indeed. And I believe acting in any way that contradicts freedom, acting as though we're still prisoners, is no way to live at all. Okay? So let me get through this. You're set free to be free, not to re-imprison ourselves. And here's what I realize. We need to be in a, uh, a perpetual cycle of recognizing not only are we forgiving other folks, that's commanded for us too, but what's our self-talk? What's, our, what's forgiving ourselves? Like that cycle needs to be there because of what Christ did for us. I want to touch one last thing here. Um, I don't know how to do this. I don't want Lord to, uh, to do this. I've often said this, haven't I? Years ago, when I first opened myself to, to Christ Jesus, he walked over to my prison cell, metaphorically, and he said, listen, I know you're guilty of all these things, but I paid your price. You're free to go. And as I went free to go, he said this, hey, but keep all the prison cells, keep all your prison cells empty. Okay. Hey, even your prison cell where you keep throwing you. And sometimes I struggle with that. Now, if you don't struggle with that, I've got one even harder for you before we leave today. If I'm fully accepted in Christ Jesus, which I've showed you, if I'm a son and just as I am, Lord Jesus, then why don't I accept me most days? And here's what I'm trying to say. It's hard because our Christian thoughts and churchy thoughts have been focused on change. Get better, be conformed, knock that off, do this more. Everything but be accepted, right? Be, be because some of the things that I think is this. I'm okay, except that I'm angry. I'm okay, except that I'm fat. I'm okay, except I'm... I'm okay, except I don't. I'm okay, except I don't, or I do. And I just showed you that there's an area of, of your life for you that God has accepted all of you, and yet you conditionally accept yourself. Now, this can be hard, Brenda, and here's why. We are to be conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. We are to see things in our lives that don't line up with what's true, right, and best. And to dialogue openly with, with loving Father, not in this posture, but in this posture. But if you're fully accepted just as you are today, whatever the date is today, then aren't you obligated to fully accept yourself because you've been accepted? Does that make sense? 
God doesn't love Greg except that. Uh, let me make it. God doesn't love AJ except he hates that addiction. God doesn't love this except he hates my anger or my impatience or this impulse. God doesn't do that, you guys. God loves it all in me, just as I am right now. And he's inviting me to work on the other things. But is that not a completely different posture? And so why are you doing that? I'm good, except I'm this. I'm good if I were more this. Do you understand that? Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? Has anyone ever felt less than? Not good enough? That's because you're not getting this. You're fully accepted by Christ Jesus. You now have the permission to turn, look at you, and go, here it is today, man. This is me, dude. This is me. Oh, some areas are terrible. Absolutely. But doggone it, I gotta love you. Go look in a mirror. And listen, I'll tell you what. This might sound real self-helpy for church, but I don't care. Go look in the mirror and realize this. You're stuck with that dude or that chick. You might as well love them and fully accept them, right? Look in the mirror and go, me and you, man. <laughs> I've had to do this recently. Listen, I've had to do this recently. And you can have some real breakthroughs if you go from a place. You can either start from condemnation. Go ahead. Look in the mirror and go, missed it again. Still you. Or you can say this, you know what, because I'm, let me go look at this dude who Jesus died for. Let me go look at him. All right. Okay. We can work with this. <laughs> well, I just recognize over here in the mirror that that was a lot more of that back in the day. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patience, way more. Dude, you, you are looking a lot more like Jesus than you used to, man. And the guy in the mirror would go, thanks. I'm fully loved. And from that place, that's where I've been changed from. I used to believe I had to do stuff to be loved. I didn't change a lick. <laughs> Does that make sense? And I know I say a lot of this all the time, but again, today what we've done is we've taken the old x-ray and everyone in this room understands there's areas of my life that not only do I just not like, but I'm indicting myself over and, I, and I've stopped fully accepting me because of it. When I think Jesus would sit there and go, I'm not going to sit there and say that thing that you're struggling with is, is good. It's out, it's out of bounds, but it doesn't affect my love for you. What do you think if I knew it beforehand, I wouldn't have been tortured and crucified? Of course I did. So the question now becomes, and then we're going to take off. Why don't you accept you? There it is. If you actually were to explore, it's because you're listening to a voice that is not the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but someone put it on you and you let it in. It's no, uh, I don't keep a secret that I actually talk to someone professionally, a therapist. Some people say people who do counseling should always have therapists. I personally think every single person should open themselves up to the love and help of other people because we have blind spots. I personally believe that. But one thing we were talking about recently was essentially that even when listen let's say you grew up in a really abusive situation you can hear these things that people try to put on you and you can even understand what's being said to me is not right I un but still some of it will get in that's a professional doctorate in psychotherapy will just tell you we do that the voices we hear, not just listen to, the voices we hear tend to stick. And so if you have an area of your life particularly that you're just struggling to accept, 
I want to challenge you to go back and listen whose voice is that. And now we're going to come full circle. Heavenly Father would simply say this. Bring that to me. This is what I would do. I would say, Lord, you do accept me. I am forgiven. Help me to learn the process. It's not a one-time deal. We're not going to lay hands on you and you're good. This is a skill. This is, uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's a discipline. Where all of a sudden we say, Lord, I want to move from listening or, or reacting to those voices to yours. That's what I want to do. And when that dude was talking, I felt lighter than I have in a long time because I was looking at what you say about me. And for a moment, Lord, I believe that more and this voice less. Right? This is hard, guys. I understand this. So we're going to close it down. Just understand this, man. You're, you're, here you are. You're, you're in the middle of your journey. You're just trying to make it through this life. God has rescued you through faith in Christ Jesus. This is where you are today. Do you understand that? Accept it. This is where I am, man. I've got these struggles. I've got these good things. But doggone it, I'm going to learn to start loving me because he loves me. Lord, help me to accept myself. Okay, so let's, uh, let's sing a song. What are we going to do? Only you? We're going to sing a song that says, I will worship you, Lord, only you, Lord. Because again, we've done a little bit of looking at ourselves. Let's look back at Christ Jesus. That's always the right attitude. Right? Okay, let's do this.